The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, folks. Hope you're having a great day. And for all of you pet lovers out there, we have a really fun show for you today. I'm so excited to have our guest, Dominic DeVito. She's the author of a book that I have just fallen in love with. It's called Green Dog, Good Dog, Reducing Your Best Friend's Carbon Paw Print. And as some of you who are my Facebook buddies know, uh, in July, my family adopted a couple of Newfoundland puppies. And so I have been searching for every resource I can possibly get my hands on for great information about everything from what to feed them to how to train them. It's been a long, long time since I've had a puppy. And one of my daughter's little friends, Meg McGregor from Naperville, Illinois, sent Green Dog, Good Dog to me as a present. She knew that I was, you know, just in love with my dogs, and she knows that I love going green. And this book has been the handiest little resource. And so I am thrilled to have Dominique on the phone with us today. She is going to be teaching us how to green our pet owner experience, and and I am just thrilled. Welcome to Go Green Radio, Dominique. It's so great to have you. Thanks so much for having me, Jill. I'm delighted to be here on the show with you. Well, it's going to be fun, and I know that uh, our Go Green Radio listeners are going to find your insights and your advice just as valuable as I have. Let's begin by having you share with our audience what your motivation was to write this book. What what kind of sparked your interest? Uh, well, honestly, I was contacted by the publisher of the book, which is Lark Books, um, to write the book. And uh, I worked with their publisher, Deborah Morgenthal, and the editor, Joe Radigan, and we put the proposal together um, collectively and developed the kind of book that we felt was best. Um, they were uh, familiar with my background, and I was really thrilled when they contacted me because I felt the book was accumulation of many of my interests, um, primarily dogs. Uh, I've had a long background in um, pet publishing and have always had dogs in my life. Um, but also the effects uh, on dogs of, of um, their health and uh, on the planet of so many of the products that we take for granted. So from the beginning, um, I told Lark that I wanted to work with a couple who I feel are, are truly pioneers in bringing alternative options to pet owners and who are concerned about environmental influences on their animals and themselves. And uh, that was Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein. They're based in Connecticut and they're directors of a healing center for animals and a store called Earth Animal. And um, they have really helped me kind of get to the place where I am in uh, thinking about going green with dogs and um, how best to do that. And I was able to work with them on the book, so it was really um, a great sort of synergistic opportunity for me and for the publisher and for all of us to um, put this book together and bring it out. 
Well, and, and you've done a lot of publishing. I mean, in your background, uh, your pet publishing career started at the American Kennel Club, and you were the editor for their magazine. You've written a number of books about pet uh, issues, everything from pet care to, you know, happy, healthy pet series. Um, but this, what you've written here seems very unique. I mean, I've Googled the space, and I've Googled, you know, everything about bringing a pet, and I really haven't found another resource that's not just, uh, you know, about earth-friendly pet care, but, I mean, it really talks about um, the health of the dog, and mm-hmm. it seems like a really unique book in this pet publishing space. I see nothing else like it. Yeah, which is um, which is really fun. It was great to be a, a part of bringing a book like this to the market because there isn't anything like it. Um, it is the, the consciousness of going green, obviously, is, is out there in a big way, um, and extending that to dogs for people like us who um, just are crazy about our animals, uh, that <laughs> seemed a, a natural, and um, it was fortuitous, I think, that, uh, that Mark Books and I and the Goldsteins were all able to work together to put this book together. Well, I'm sure glad that you did. Now, when you wrote the book, I'm sure that you had some idea in mind of who your audience would be. Uh, Oftentimes when I'm writing, you know, an article or even a blog, I'm thinking about the end user of of the information I'm putting out. Tell us, when you were writing, who were you writing to? How did you envision your target audience? Oh, that's an interesting question because um, we really wanted the book to reach all levels of dog owners. Um, there are everything from people who have uh, just gotten a dog and are new to dog ownership to people who, uh, like us, have had dogs all their lives um, and know uh, a thing or two. Um, and the book was really written for anyone in that spectrum. Um, the idea was that all of us could benefit from from these tips, and um, so that the, the audience was really all dog owners. <laughs> well, and I love that because it's pretty clear to me, having read it cover to cover, um, that it's not just a book for people who are, you know, Sierra Club card members, you know, membership card carriers, or, you know, folks who are maybe, you know, really, really into environmentalism, although a lot of people are, are moving in that direction. This really is exactly what you said, a book for all dog owners. And, in fact, in the introduction of the book, you have a section that's entitled How to Use This Book, which I think is so helpful. And it takes the reader through four different levels of greening their dog ownership experience. Talk to us about those four levels and how you incorporated them into each chapter. Well, uh, just like you said, Jill, there are so many different levels at which people can become involved in going green, everything from um, very simple things to uh, pretty intensive things. And um, we felt that it was important at the end of each chapter, if you're going to tackle a particular aspect of going green with your dog, to, um, to kind of reflect on it, too, and to think about these four different levels. Um, and at the bottom of that box, I used a quote from Confucius, which I think is particularly apt. It says, it does not matter how slowly you go as long as you don't stop. And mm-hmm. uh, we catered the levels around that philosophy. So level one is really um, mm-hmm. just making a conscious choice to do something different for your dog. Just thinking about it, kind of being motivated by it is, is doing something. Uh, level two is you're making a strong effort to make a difference for your dog. Um, so that's kind of the next thing. So you say uh, 
diet. You know, I really want to change the ingredients in my dog's food. Well, that's level one. And level two is, all right, I'm going to start incorporating new ingredients today. And then level three, uh, your dog is living about as greenly as possible. Um, That's where you've really incorporated a lot of the principles of the book and are doing a lot of green-oriented things. And then we have a level four, uh, which is uh, your dog is so green that Al Gore should put her in his next slideshow. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love Um, it. And we we had some fun with that one because it really um, speaks to um, the the passion that, that could have around the topic and around owning dogs and, and greening your dog's life. What I love about those various levels is that it's so respectful of your readers. You know, not everybody comes to this idea of going green at the same place and in the same level. And instead of, you know, making a book that's really preachy and saying you've got to do these things or you're bad, you know, and you see that sometimes in yeah. green literature of different genres. Yeah. You've really given people a choice. You've given people a menu of options. And I feel like that's the best way to approach any kind of going green, whether it's your pets, whether it's your home, whether it's, you know, your business, yeah. is to be able to enter at your own level and then work your way, you know, towards the ultimate path of going as green as you can. Mm-hmm. Well, thank and you I very really much. I think, like um, I think no matter what you try to do, if you're trying to do something different, it can be very frustrating because it involves change and changes not always easy, and it can be um, intimidating. And um, that is why we did the the four levels and uh, understanding that no matter what you're trying to do with your life, if you're trying to make changes, um, it goes in fits and starts, and some days are good and some days are bad, and you just have uh, have to keep going and do what you can. That's right. Well, as I mentioned earlier in the in the broadcast, I received your book as a gift, uh, a 10-year-old that I just adore, Meg McGregor from Naperville, Illinois, one of my daughter's dearest friends, and she sent me your book because she knows two things about me. First, she knows I'm totally into going green, and secondly, she knows that I am totally into my puppies, Milo and Marley. And in fact, their stainless steel little food bowls used to be Meg's dog's uh, food bowls, little Callie, before they moved from <laughs> California to Illinois. But what I didn't realize until I got to the last chapter of your book, Dominique, is that Marley and Milo fit into a category that you call deep greening your dog. Talk to our listeners about this concept um, that you say is the ultimate green start for our dog. Uh, well, congratulations, Meg. Very heads up of you to find my book and to send it to you, Jill. Um, <laughs> that's great. And um, I, I'm really glad that that part of the book resonated with you, and um, congratulations for um, getting Marley and Milo um, through a rescue group. And uh, basically, deep greening, in my um, opinion, is sort of the ultimate place to to start with dogs and to think about dogs, and that is um, um, if, you're, if, if green is the concept of reducing, reusing, and recycling, uh, then there's no better fit for this credo in the world of dogs than acquiring a dog through a shelter or a rescue organization because there are so many dogs out there who need homes and um, who, are, who are just perfect fits for, for families that they wouldn't think about otherwise that are just waiting for, for people to adopt them. And um, it's something I feel really strongly about. Um, all of my dogs have been uh, rescue dogs, and they're just so wonderful. And you can be into a particular breed and find a great rescue dog that is that breed. So I'm not saying 
that uh, purebred dogs are, are out of the realm of possibility for any of this, and I don't um, think that you have to have a mixed breed. You can have any kind of dog you want. You can find out what its characteristics are, and you can find the perfect dog for you of all different ages. Obviously, you found puppies, um, and you can find older dogs if that's what's suitable for your family or your lifestyle, and they're, they're just out there, and I really encourage all listeners, um, but especially people who believe in the concept of green and who want to do something good for dogs to, to work through shelters and rescue organizations. Well, and I love that idea. I think there's a misperception out there that somehow uh, dog fanciers that prefer purebred dogs and people who are really avid about rescuing dogs are somehow at opposite ends of the spectrum. And you've really shown that's not true. Um, we can do both. We can have those beautiful purebred dogs through a rescue organization and, um, you know, and the mixed breeds, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You have choices, and you can make a green choice. When we come back from commercial break, we'll have more with Dominique. We're going to be talking about greening the cleaning around your pet. Very important topic. So, folks, don't go away. We'll be right back in just a few moments with more Go Green Radio. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi, you can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. Take control of your financial future. Visit the Franchise and Business Opportunities Expo this weekend at the Henry Gonzalez Convention Center, San Antonio's largest event, showing you how to own your own business. See the most successful franchises, plus part-time business opportunities now available. Get valuable advice at free seminars. Discover the easiest and safest way to be your own boss. For more info, visit SanAntonioFranchiseExpo.com. Don't miss the Franchise and Business Opportunities Expo this Saturday and Sunday at the Henry Gonzalez Convention Center. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST. 
4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, folks. We have Dominique DeVito with us today. She is the author of a book that I highly recommend. I just love it. It's called Green Dog, Good Dog, Reducing Your Best Friend's Carbon Paw Prints. I just love it. You can find it on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and put in the book search Green Dog, Good Dog, you will find it. Uh, Dominique, we have been talking about how much we love our pets, and you have a Dalmatian, Cinderella, (laughs) and I'll bet you deal with some of the same issues I do. I mean, I've had dogs previously, but Milo and Marley, with their long Newfoundland fur, Mm -hmm. and it seems like they constantly have muddy paws, have really, uh, they've presented some new challenges, let's just say, (laughs) to my typical house cleaning regimen. You have some great tips in your book about green cleaning, and I've used them. They really work. Share some of those tips with our listeners, if you would, and talk about why green cleaning is good for both your pets and the people in our homes. Uh, well, the reason that you want to try to use um, uh, green cleaners, which are essentially alternative cleaners to the products available in most um, supermarket shelves, is uh, because a lot of those products contain um, uh, caustic or sometimes toxic ingredients. Um, and if we are sensitive to them, our dogs are even more sensitive to them. They're closer to the floor. Their senses of smell are highly uh, more concentrated than ours. And uh, these chemicals definitely affect dogs as they affect children, as they affect us. Um, Mm -hmm. So what I suggest with green cleaners is you want to stay away from as many of those uh, toxic ingredients as possible. And fortunately, um, manufacturers are responding to people's concerns about these products, and it is getting easier and easier to find alternative products. But what you want to do is you want to choose commercially available products that are biodegradable, non-toxic, and free of synthetic fragrances and dyes. 
So um, eCover is one of those uh, companies making such products, seventh generation, seventh generation uh, Dr. Bronner's um, soap. Um, so there are alternatives that you can find that way. And you can also make your own cleaning formulas, uh, which are pretty simple and go back um, generations and are quite simple. Um, baking soda is a common ingredient in uh, homemade household cleaners. White vinegar to eliminate um, odors and uh, urine stains and things like that. You can use that. Um, so there are uh, lots of alternatives, and you can find some on the shelves and you can and make some up yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really are beneficial for dogs and for the rest of your family. Well, and I'll tell you, I did try the white vinegar, and I'm hooked. It it, it cleans up the muddy paw prints just in a snap, and it doesn't yeah. leave a film or anything. And actually, yeah. I have three children. My youngest has asthma. So uh, it, for all the same reasons that, mm-hmm. like you said, this is good for my pets. I mean, it doesn't have the same odors and toxic chemicals that might aggravate her asthma. So this is a people and pet-friendly suggestion. Now, I love Chapter 1 of your book. It's called Greening the Feeding of Your Dog. I learned so much about commercial dog food that I honestly I never knew. Talk to our listeners about some of the undesirable ingredients that you talk about that might be present uh, in dog food that we pick up just at the typical grocery store or, or pet food store. Talk to us about this commercial pet food issue. Okay. Um, the, uh, there's a lot of commercially prepared food available, and really it's kind of surprising that over the last um, few decades we've really been... Uh, programmed to think that commercially prepared food is the best kind of food, it's the healthiest food, it meets the uh, requirements uh, that dogs are supposed to have at different stages of their life and so on and so forth. And um, amazingly, when I first got into pet publishing and started looking at at books about dog care, um, I found that over and over again, veterinarians were saying not to feed dogs people food. You weren't supposed to feed scraps, you were just supposed to stick to the commercial diets, um, and fortunately, in not so long a time, um, that attitude has really changed. And I think actually the veterinary community has just uh, officially stated that people food is fine for dogs. And hooray for that, because really um, I encourage people to read the labels of the dog foods that they're feeding. Take a look at those labels and look what's in them. Um, if you see uh, anything that, that sounds like uh, a... Um, or a preservative, it's probably not that good. You want to find an ingredient list that uh, sources whole foods as much as possible toward the top of the ingredient panel because ingredients are listed by, um, by weight and volume. So mm-hmm. um, when you see uh, meat or poultry byproducts at the top or things like corn gluten meal or meat meal, um, bakery fines, uh, brewer's rice, wheat flour, uh, sulfates, BHA, BHT, preservatives, things like that. Uh, the food is just not as wholesome as it could be. And mm-hmm. we really have to get beyond kind of thinking that the pet food industry is there to solve all of our dogs' nutritional problems and really look at um, their food in the same way that we look at our food and try to start eliminating processed foods and, um, and things with a lot of preservatives in them. Mm-hmm. Well, and you give some great tips. I, I can't uh, emphasize this enough that 
you know, if pet owners want to learn more, that chapter in your book is a great resource. And besides having great information included in your book, you've also got a lot of resources and links in the back of the book that will help pet owners. Um, You know, you also talk about, I mean, besides the fact that some of these commercially prepared pet foods are unhealthy for our pets, um, there's also a negative impact on just the way that these products make it to the shelf. Uh, talk about the, the positive environmental impact that we can have if we start to choose alternative pet foods that support our local and organic food producers. What, what's the impact that we can have if we do that? Well, a lot of um, commercially prepared foods, just like ours, uh, the ones that are made for our dogs, come in from all over the world and all over the country, um, and they uh, have their own impact in terms of how they're processed and produced, and then the process of getting them to the stores. So um, that's very labor-intensive and um, and uh, natural fuel-intensive and all of that. So when you are uh, looking for... Uh, local supplements for your dog's food. You could go to the farmer's market. Um, it's a, uh, hopefully there are farmer's markets near where your listeners live, and you can find all kinds of fresh ingredients there, including um, probably grass-fed meats or locally uh-huh. raised meats, um, things like fresh carrots, uh, f- even fruits and all kinds of fruits and vegetables that people can add to their dog's diet that they might not have thought about adding, but the dogs actually really enjoy. Uh, my mm-hmm. dogs love baby carrots, they love apples, they love pears. Um, there are certain fruits and vegetables you shouldn't give to your dog, grapes, one of them, um, onions, macadamia nuts, but they're pretty few and far between. And it really is kind of fun to um, start sourcing from local ingredients and see what your dog likes. Parsley is great for uh, bad breath. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's all kinds of things you can find locally that certainly reduce the impact of having to go to a store and support mass production. Well, and that's true. Uh, my dogs love uh, the carrots that I pick up at the farmer's market. They chew on them like bones, like yes. raw carrots. They yes. love them. Yeah, it's good now, for teeth and good for everything. Yeah. You talk about one of the alternative diets in your book, and this really caught my attention for obvious reasons. It's called the BARF diet. BARF is an acronym, <laughs> I and I love that. Talk about, you know, what that is and, you know, talk to our listeners about what the BARF diet is all about. Well, BARF stands for bio- Biologically Appropriate Raw Food. Um, it's mm. sometimes also called the Bones and Raw Food Diet. And uh, the philosophy behind it is that dogs, being carnivores, should eat a diet that has served them throughout their evolution, which is one of raw, meaty bones, um, intestines, uh, fresh vegetables, and um, and the kinds of things that they would have found in uh, fresh kill, or or um, you know being tossed from uh, from our ancestors who lived beside the fire. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so basically, a whole diet was created around that concept that uses um, uh, ingredients that we can find today to to kind of recreate that kind of diet. So. Uh, I actually did it for a while with my dogs, and it includes um, feeding raw chicken, which is interesting because um, for years we were told not to give dogs chicken bones in particular. And Mm -hmm. um, you can feed your dogs um, chicken wings or other parts of of chicken and other kinds of meats um, if the the bones have not been cooked. Um, And so there, there are whole books about feeding uh, this kind of diet, and I would really recommend that somebody do a thorough research before they start doing it or before they start implementing it because it has its own um, 
nutritional values that need to be taken into account for your particular dog. But mm-hmm. it's uh, but it's a very interesting concept, and people who feed raw diets really swear by the transformative effects that they have on their dog's overall health. Well, and of course, there's a green aspect to all of this because the perfect place to get all that fresh and raw uh, diet material for your dog is your local farmer's market and, and locally grown uh, produce. So I love the, the green part of all of that. And, folks, we're going to be back in just a few moments after this commercial break with more Green Dog, Good Dog, Reducing Your Best Friend's Carbon Paw Print. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today we are talking about the book Green Dog, Good Dog, Reducing Your Best Friend's Carbon Paw Print. And we have the author of that book, Dominique DeVito, and we are having a great time. We're talking about things that not just create a green lifestyle for your dog, but really create a healthy lifestyle for your dog. So, 
this is a topic that's, you know, way beyond just environmentalists who happen to have dogs. This is a, an episode that's for dog owners who just really want to create the best atmosphere, the great, greatest living environment for their pets that they can. It's healthy and safe and green as well. Now, before the last commercial break, we were talking about alternative diets for our dogs, how to green the feeding experience for your dog, and we were talking about the BARF diet, which just cracks me up, but it's actually a really neat concept. It's very natural for dogs. But if we can talk about the BARF diet, then we may as well talk about green solutions to what happens after dogs eat. Uh, Dominique, in your book, you say that it's estimated that American dogs produce 10 million tons of feces per year. Now, I'm multiplying 10 million tons by 2,000 pounds, and I come up with 20 billion pounds of poop. That's a lot. And I'll be honest, as much as I've tried to green my home and my lifestyle over the years, pet waste is an issue that I just really didn't know what to do with. And the ideas that you've got in your book are really simple, but honestly, I don't think I would have ever considered them before I read your book. So share with our listeners how to be green while dealing with doggy doo-doo. What do we do? <laughs> yeah, fun topic, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, what comes in has to go out. And, That's uh, right. And has to be dealt with. So um, it is an issue for sure. And um, when I was living in New York City and then in the suburbs, I felt so good about myself because I never went out of the house walking my dogs without my plastic baggies, and I would pick up the waste and properly, you know, turn it inside out and dispose of it in the garbage can, and I thought I was doing a really good thing because I was picking up after my dog, but um, if you are really serious about going green with your dog, that's not enough because, um, as I learned through the research uh, for this book, which you just described, if you think about every dog owner out there who picks up their dog's poop in a plastic bag and puts it into a garbage can, um, that is a whole lot of dog poop in little plastic bags that aren't going to um, biodegrade, that are going off to a landfill and creating essentially um, uh, uh, poop poop pellets that are stuck in plastic bags for many, many, many years. So That's fortunately, right. the, uh, the call has been answered to remedy that uh, it, by um, companies that are now producing biodegradable plastic bags, which is really mm-hmm. great. So now you can take your dog on a walk and still have your plastic bag. When you pick up the poop and dump it in a trash can, you will know that that bag is going to biodegrade and the feces will eventually just be incorporated with the rest of the trash. And um, so that is a, that's a huge step forward. Um, the other thing is if you live in a place where you don't take your dog uh, for, for walks around the neighborhood and, and he's going to the bathroom in your yard or a combination of both, um, what you can do is get a doggy composting system. They're called doggy doolies, and you can find them in pet supply catalogs. And they are systems that you can build into your yard so that when your dog goes to the bathroom, you scoop it up, you put it in that um, compactor, um, some enzymes are put on top of it, and that um, composts the dog waste so that it, uh, so that it disintegrates naturally and um, is, is able to be used again by the soil. So that's a very good thing. Um, And you just want to be conscious of of where your dog is going to the bathroom, um, what other dog owners around you are doing, because it's a very large problem. And I talk about in the book ways that you can introduce other dog owners to biodegradable bags or to um, greener options to cleaning up after their dog, such as the ones that we've discussed, because it really does make a collective difference if... um, more people are doing it rather than fewer. 
Well, and a lot of people, I mean, we have trails where I live. I live in California, and I take the dogs out on trails, and a lot of people will just let their dogs go on the side of the trail thinking, no, it'll just, you know, soak into the soil by a degree, whatever. But there's a lot of pathogens and, you know, germs that can be leached into our water supply, not to mention, you know, just being out there and kind of making a smelly environment for all of us. You know, there's one resource in the back of your book that I I checked out the website, uh, Mm flushpuppies.com. It was really interesting because I really hadn't thought about this. The, The gentleman who has the website was talking about flushing their dog's doo-doo down the toilet. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'd never thought about that, but that is exactly what your toilet's for. That's what the, you know, sewage system is designed to do. Yeah, and you know, that's going to depend on, uh, I think, on how large your dog is and how, um, you know, that there's some practical um, aspects of that. Um, a biodegradable bag, uh, while it's a great choice, isn't going to isn't going to last forever. So if you're out on um, one of your trails, certainly it's a good idea to pick up with a biodegradable bag and try to find an appropriate receptacle to put that bag in. Uh, but if you're at home and you have a small dog, especially, um, and you can pick up the the feces in a biodegradable bag and bring it inside and flush it down the toilet, um, that uh, that is an option. Again, you know everything is. Um, pros and cons, and you have to weigh the value of, of what you're doing. Obviously, if you're going to be flushing your dog's feces down the toilet, hopefully you have a tank that will uh, conserve water um, and you're not flushing, you know, uh, half an ounce of feces down with several gallons of water because that's wasteful as well. So yeah. um, throughout the book, I really, again, going back to the levels that are described in each chapter, too, it's it's becoming conscious of what you're doing and trying to make as positive steps forward as possible, taking into consideration all of the things that you have to deal with um, for your dog's health and your environment. That's right. And, you know, we can't talk about dog food and other issues even without talking about the supplies and the dishes and all the things that you need uh, to support your dog. Mm -hmm. And you you had some great tips uh, about the greening of the water and food bowls for our Mm -hmm. dogs, Mm -hmm. even. Um, Share those tips with our Go Green Radio listeners, if you would. Well, you know, there's so many things in our environment that we don't really think about again, and sometimes that can be for our dogs, uh, the supplies, particularly food and water bowls. Um, It amazes me how many selections out there are still plastic, colored plastic, big plastic, small plastic, um, and um, it's just, plastic is just not the best choice for anyone who is trying to go green with their dog because um, it's not as durable as some of the other choices, and it has the potential to be chewed on, which means you may have to replace it, and it also um, has the potential for harboring bacteria in ways that the greener options, which are crockery, um, and stainless steel uh, do not have. Stainless steel can be put in the dishwasher. It's, um, it won't harbor any bacteria. It's great. The thing is stainless steel, most stainless steel is imported, so you're looking at that um, um, aspect of that product. Crockery, on the other hand, is often imported as well, so you'll need to, to check that out. There are a lot of very attractive options in crockery, and the greenest way to um, acquire a crockery bowl is to go to a craft festival in your area and either look at who's um, making pottery, and maybe they're making dog bowls, or um, ask them to make a, a bowl for your dog that's personalized just for your dog. 
That's a great idea. And, of course, besides bowls, there are a lot of other supplies that, you know, every dog owner needs or just wants to get because they want to spoil their dog a little bit. And you know, <laughs> toys, brushes, combs, collars, leeches. How do we find the best green doggy supplies? Well, again, you know, there are tons and tons of options in pet supply stores and a lot of the, the products that, that we are, are offered to choose from are cute or funny or whatever, and um, you really have to have a conversation with yourself at the store level and say, if you're really trying to go green, what is the most practical consideration? Sometimes it's not the item that is the cutest or the funniest. It's the item that is the most durable. Um, For example, toenail clippers. Don't buy the cheapest ones because they're cheap. Look at the ones that are more expensive because they're going to last longer. You're not going to have to throw it out and replace it. Um, collars and leashes, they're now making those with um, organic cotton or hemp, which is a super strong um, organic fiber as opposed mm-hmm. to nylon. Um, leather is always a, a nice option in terms of durability, though some people are opposed to leather, and leather does go through certain processes that involve dyeing and all that. So, again, you have to explore your options. Um, there are other options out there, but for the most practical consideration, if you're thinking green and you're thinking reduce, reuse, recycle, you just want to focus on products that are of high quality that you won't have to replace as often. Right, exactly. And and it, along that same line, you have a really great tip that I love on, I think it's page 127 of your book, and the section is entitled, Recycle to Help Others. I love this tip. Won't you please share it with our listeners because I think it's really, really hits home. Okay, thank you. Um, Recycle to help others. While your family may decide that the dog bed you've had in the house for several years has truly seen better days despite regular washing, this doesn't mean that the bed can't provide another dog with some comfort. Instead of throwing it away, give give it a thorough cleaning and donate it to an animal shelter. The same goes for other supplies that your dog may have outgrown but that are still reliable and functional, including bowls like the one that you got from Meg. Um, Yeah. Collars, grooming supplies, harnesses, leashes, even apparel. You know, you may buy your dog a sweater that it just doesn't like or doesn't fit it anymore or or whatever. Um, Don't throw it away. Give it to a a shelter. It's such a great accessory to help another dog get adopted or give it to a friend who um, is having, uh, who wants a sweater for their dog. There's so many ways to, to reuse products that we would otherwise throw away. I, I love that whole concept. And even in your book, you talk about, you know, maybe even being able to find dog toys and things like that at garage sales. Mm-hmm. Again, it's keeping things out of the landfill, not creating more waste. Um, even as we approach Halloween, you know, using, instead of maybe buying a brand new costume at the pet store or what have you, maybe you can find things just at home uh, exactly. that you could use. So that's yep. a really green concept, too. Well, folks, we've got a quick commercial break coming up, but when we come back, we will have more with Dominique DeVito, who has written Green Dog, Good Dog. So don't go away. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Tolvanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Tolvanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Hi, my name is Aaron, and I'm a survivor of mannequinism. Mannequinism is basically when you turn into a hard plastic shell. They say it's from not being politically active. For me, it started when I didn't register to vote, and then I stopped volunteering, and before I knew it, I wasn't doing anything. And that's when I found a small patch of plastic on my right shoulder. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice American Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern for the Interstate Sportsman on the Voice America channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, folks. We have Dominique DeVito. She is the author of Green Dog, Good Dog, Reducing Your Best Friend's Carbon Paw Print. I love this book. And actually, if you want to go ahead and order it while you're listening to us, don't close this web browser as you listen to voiceamerica.com. Open up a new tab in your web browser and just go to Amazon. If you click in the book section, you can put in Green Dog, Good Dog. It comes right up. Order yourself a copy today because it really is a fun and informative book. I just love it. Dominique, we're so excited to have you on Go Green Radio. And and I'm going to use this segment as my own personal advice line. So all you Go Green Radio listeners, just be patient with me because I really need Dominique's advice. I'm getting ready to take Milo and Marley, my two Newfoundland puppies that we just rescued in July on their first road trip. And it's going to be a long one. It's about five hours worth of driving from the San Francisco area down to L.A. It's happening next weekend. And you have a whole chapter that is devoted to greening your travel with dogs. And so I want you to talk to to me and to everybody else, all of our millions of buddies that are out there listening to Go Green Radio. Uh, Give us some tips on how we can create a green dog travel plan. Well, congratulations for taking your dogs with you. They will be so happy. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, hopefully the rest of the family will, too. Um, but traveling with your dog uh, certainly introduces some um, 
aspects of traveling that you might not otherwise think about. Um, just like when you pack for yourself and your kids, all of a sudden you have to pack for your dog. So um, I think one of, the, one of the fun things about going on a trip is sort of doing something different and um, making it a different experience. And that might be true for people, but it's not so true for dogs. And this actually feeds into green because going with reduce, reuse, recycle, you can bring and you should bring as many things of your dogs from home as possible. So don't think, oh, you know, we're going to go somewhere and we'll, we'll just pick up an extra leash on the way because it'll have uh, Yosemite National Park on it or something like that. Um, bring the things that your dogs are used to having around all the time with them on your trip. So use the same leashes, the same collars. Um, think about their safety. You'll want to um, think about whether they travel well in the car. Um, instead of bringing rolls of paper towels, Bring some old towels from home. Uh, you can use those to uh, wipe up any spills. They can be um, easily um, rinsed out and reused. Um, bring an old couple of old blankets. Um, it will keep mud and stuff off of your car. It will also do the same should you stay at a hotel on the way. You can use that to um, put on top of the hotel bedspread because you want to be a good canine ambassador in your trip and um, show people while you travel that dogs are... Um, good travel companions and don't leave a place all messy. Um, you'll want to bring uh, their bowls so that they're familiar with them or a, possibly a collapsing bowl, which is a good green choice because um, it, it folds up and fits nicely into uh, something compact. And um, bring some water from home so that uh, you don't have to worry about them getting sick on the way from possibly drinking strange water. Um, and just make sure when you think about what you're packing for them that um, that you are thinking green and thinking of what can be reused on the trip. Well, and of course, like we were talking about in a previous segment, we can bring along those biodegradable doo-doo bags, so exactly. lots of things like that. And you know, it's a great point because sometimes when you stay in a hotel that takes pets, they provide you with, you know, bowls and things, you know, that are that they probably throw away when you leave. So if you already have those things and they can save that for another guest, again, creating less waste, that's a great thing. Um, exactly. Now, you have a chapter about greening your yard, and I just found it so practical um, how to create a nice space for your pets but also make your yard very green. And I'd love for you to share some of those tips with our listeners. Okay. Um, well, what you want to do when you're thinking about uh, greening your yard is, again, um, Think about um, what kind of a yard you like and want and how your dog or dogs use the yard. Some people are really into a uh, nice lush lawn and they get upset when their dog tracks across it or uh, urinates on it. Um, but dogs do like to explore when they go outside. So um, if you have a dog that likes to go around the periphery of your property, consider putting in a, a pebbled walkway around the periphery. It will reduce mud. Um, it will keep your dog happy because he can walk around and uh, sniff the periphery, and it won't wear down your, your lawn. Um, if you are concerned about your dog eliminating in a particular spot on your yard, you can build a, an eco-friendly spot for him to do his business, with possibly sand if your dog likes to dig. That will encourage him to go in that spot. Um, and you can train him to use a designated spot as a, uh, as a pee-pee spot. Um, and, of course, just like in your house, you want to think of all of the things that you use in your yard 
as um, possibly um, uh, how, how green they are and how safe they are. So fertilizers, all those things, make sure you look at the ingredient list. Make sure you understand what that implication of using that product is on your yard, on your dog, and on your family. Um, when you are uh, thinking about accessorizing your yard, think about um, green furniture um, and um, the kinds of pillows and things that you can get for your furniture that aren't um, full of toxic materials. And all of those things extend down to um, having a, a, a positive and greener place for your, for your dog and your family in your backyard. Absolutely. Well, and some of the things that you were talking about, like a little sand pit to dig in, well, you don't have to water that. That reduces your water, you know, consumption as a household. Same thing with the little pebble periphery. It's just a little bit less to, to water. And I don't know how it is on the East Coast, but here on the West Coast, we're dry. We're in our third year of drought in California. Huh. So we're always looking for ways to have, you know, some water reduction opportunities with our landscaping. So these happen to be not only eco-friendly suggestions, but they're also dog-friendly. So great when you can see those things kind of merge. Now, you also have some awesome advice about uh, much more healthy and green, eco-friendly flea and tick prevention, which is on everybody's mind when they have a pet, or especially a dog. Uh, so talk to us about that issue as well. Uh, well, fleas and ticks are a problem, I think, no matter where you live. And um, certainly uh, on the East Coast, Lyme disease is a big thing. Um, there, you know, people uh, are very concerned about that. And you want to um, keep your pet as safe as possible, but you also want to try to avoid, uh, again, the toxins and maybe the, a lot of unnecessary toxins that are in those kinds of things for dogs. And I always think it's funny when I look at the packages of um, spot-on products or um, collars or anything that contain uh, flea and tick-fighting ingredients, and they say, you know, do not caution around uh, children or do not use around your children. Well, why would you put them on your dog if they're not safe to be used around your children? And it's really important right. to understand what is in those um, products. And it's good to know that you can find alternatives to those products. Um, my book includes some essential oils that you can use as alternatives. Um, and, of course, the very best way to... Um, to help with this problem is to keep your pet uh, pest-free and your home pest-free as much as possible. So prevention is uh, definitely the forefront of that battle against fleas and ticks, um, and um, you can look for lots of alternatives to the, to the um, chemicals that are in those, those products on the shelf. Absolutely. And, and folks, you really ought to pick up Green Dog, Good Dog. This book is just, it's like an encyclopedia of creating not just a green, but a very clean, healthy, and safe lifestyle for your pet. Dominique, I want to thank you so much for joining us on Go Green Radio. I could sit and talk to you all day. You've got so many good ideas. Thank you. But folks, if you have any email questions that you'd like for me to pass along to Dominique, of course, you can do that by emailing me at Go Green Radio at gmail.com. But until we meet again, have a great green week, and we'll be back same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio.
Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.